Hey, welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett, and I am a play therapist, and I live and work in Asheville, North Carolina, and this is a podcast dedicated to children and play therapy coming at both of those things from a child-centered perspective. And today on the podcast, I want to talk about viewing life as a game. When I was young, I had a babysitter and... I can't even remember her name, so I can't even give her a shout out on here. I just can say that I remember this person and was impacted by this person enough to remember them. We forget so much of what happened when we were kids. And I remember my mom coming home from this person and having babysat us and saying things like, oh my God, the room is so clean. How'd you get them to do it? And she said, well, I just turned it into a game. And then in my mind, in this conversation, I felt a little bit condescended to like, I remember being seven years old and being like, hey, I'll clean up my room at other times. But I also looked around the room and the room was very clean. And normally when I'm a kid and I remember cleaning my room, it would feel like a chore. It would feel like a chore. Like I would do things like shove all of my stuff into the closet and cram it as full as I could in order to avoid the like drudgery of spending five minutes putting everything in its right place. But when I was with this babysitter, I didn't even realize that I was cleaning my room. I didn't even realize that I was cleaning my room, but it just happened. It became a game, and because it became a game, it became play. And what I'm speaking to is something that I think many parents, many people who are around and are with children instinctively know, right? We can all think of times with a kid where we started to try to make something light and playful and like a game to get them invested into something. I think all of us know on an instinctive level that when kids are playing a game and that when life becomes a game that they get more engaged with it that they are able to bring their whole selves to it that kids desire to play is so strong that sometimes just trying to be disciplined and following the rules it weighs them down they can feel burdened they can feel stressed and then they can oscillate between being withdrawn and being reactive and I think all parents especially instinctively know that when you can make something a game and you can make something light and you can make something fun then you can get children to do literally anything you want them to do if you're connected with them and in a play space and something is fun for the child well then they start developing their own relationship to it and as therapists I think we can be guilty of encouraging parents to just be more firm and add more structure to a child's world. I think we can also be guilty of getting caught in the trap of like, okay, I need to talk to the child about X thing that they're doing wrong, which is generally a heavy conversation for the child. You can feel the emotional weight for a child in having that conversation, and it doesn't seem like it's serving them, and that's because in in general it's not. Enough people have already talked to the child about this particular thing. We don't have a magic special way of talking to kids. I mean, we do and we don't. We do in the sense of that we can create the space for them, the witnessing of them, the support of them, 
the framing of their experience for them. But we don't have a better and different way of saying, like, Johnny, you need to behave. Because I think that's something else that we can offer to parents. If you're a therapist working with parents, if you're a teacher with a parent who's struggling with their kid, is that the more they're tapped into their intuition as parents... And we can notice that intuition when they when they do make their child's experience lighter in connection with that child. When they do, in connection with the child, make something play, make something a game, and bring it to life a little bit more. That space is also a healing space. That space is also a space to pay attention to, to help parents connect to that space and recognize that inside of them, they have the intuition necessary that they can listen to to develop a different kind of relationship if they would like to with their child. And that they already have that connection, that that already happens every day that space is there and every day that space is interacted with between them and their child and then when we are able to point it out and name that like okay yeah we could add more structure to this kid's world sure you could be more consistent with your consequences okay you could also do the things you say you're going to do or just like stop saying you're going to do things that you aren't actually going to be able to follow through on with consequences or whatever else sure But like all of that is like maybe way less important than helping a parent get back in touch with their intuition, to trust that intuition, to value that intuition and that connective space and that playful space just as much as any of that other stuff. I read this Donald Winnicott book about parenting and he's uh, he's pretty wonderful. If anyone, he also writes some beautiful things about play. And when he talks about working with parents, What he talks about most is just connecting an individual back to their own intuition. And it's through connecting to that intuition that allows an individual to start to approach their children in a different kind of way, in a way that they already approach them, but just to strengthen that space more. And one issue that psychotherapy as a field has is how is it something that is relevant across literally all cultures and all humans or is it something that is like a particular perspective that belongs to the cultures in which it arose and i say that to say that for some cultures around the globe there's not an idea that like talking about a problem makes that problem better that oftentimes it could be seen as making a problem worse. And by making a problem worse, I mean, it's like like it's feeding the problem. That talking about it, and especially if you're talking about it in a particular kind of way, actually adds energy and adds negativity to the situation. And at least for me, sometimes there's something to that. And I think I name all of that to say that by constantly saying that we need to talk to children about these problems and that they need to talk about X, Y, and Z thing, and hopefully they'll open up about these other things that they might be struggling with, and maybe they'll start naming their emotions more and their neg- negative thoughts and feelings more. I do, I do, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a freaking therapist. I do think that there is some value in that. And children are very resistant to doing that, and I respect that. And at least for a therapist, that's not a signal... To me, that's like, okay, I got to like manipulate this situation so eventually they're going to talk about this thing more. It's like, no, we might have to do experiential therapy together to help you to approach life differently, to experience life differently. And we're going to 
do that through play. Because at least in the work that I do, the play is what heals. And a little bit of talking with some play, great. Allowing a child to explore their emotions and issues in a free and protected space verbally, awesome. Reflecting a child's feelings about a situation back to them and even providing them with some psychoeducation around feelings so that they can express those feelings in a more nuanced and accurate way inside of that free and protected space, wonderful. But play heals too. And I've started doing this fun thing with myself lately. And this fun thing is I'm playing with the idea of viewing myself as being in sort of a video game. And I'm doing this to take a look at myself in a different kind of way. And what I mean by that is like, let's say I have only so much health and stamina in my life. Like I could be running at a one, which is like, I feel totally burdened, exhausted. I have no energy. Or I could be running at a 10, which is like, I feel light. I feel buoyant. I feel flexible and dynamic. I have energy. And so throughout the day, I'll assess, check in, see where I'm at, see what things are feeding me and what things are taking energy away from me. And okay, so I'm feeling really good. And then notice that like, then sometimes I'll like look at my phone for 20 minutes, or then I'll be doing something else. And before you know it, I'm like, my energy feels like it's down. But it allows me to actually check in with myself and see my life as a game it's like oh look i could go and do that thing and that's probably that's going to be like plus one energy points and then it is and then i start it makes life a little bit more fun and flexible and dynamic and not as weighed down with emotions sometimes i can get really attached to the things that i do we can all get into routines with things for me seeing my life as a game though it verges on can you feel like a little schizophrenic at times but it's also very illuminating and it makes life seem light and it makes it seem like there's more options available and it makes you curious about what those options are because you've never really explored like okay what impact does this thing have on me and it's like oh this thing has a negative impact like I've been engaging with it daily for a long time like maybe I'll set it aside or like this other thing like every time I do it I feel really good it's like I could do it more it's like or I've never tried doing all these different other things that are possible and once it's all seen as a game you just become curious about it doesn't feel like a burden to try something new it feels like something exciting like you're understanding the game more I mean if you're someone who spends time with kids the amount that kids know about Pokemon or Minecraft or stuff on Roblox or even like dinosaurs or animals like kids will get really into a thing and they get really into games when something is tied to a game they know every freaking thing about that thing and my extension of that would be the more that life can feel like a game for children, the more the day-to-day can feel like a game for children, the more invested they will become in life and the more invested they will become in the game because it's a game. Life becomes a game. And that makes it interesting and that makes it fun and that makes it exciting and that makes them curious about all the different aspects of it and learning as much of it as they can because 
kids love operating inside of a game. You can't pull an eight-year-old boy off of a Xbox without him screaming. And that's not just because screens are these like magic portals that swallow our minds. It's also because there's something so thrilling about learning a game, experiencing a game, developing in a game. It's a container. And for these games online, there's so much for kids to, to learn and do inside of that space. I think that space can actually be really cool for kids. And I also just have this deep longing that for more children life had that playful game-like curious feel to it and I hope that we can embody that both in our presence with children and also I think that I think it can be something to pass on to to a parent that's that's tangible thing that somebody can use that if it's if it's successful really creates this light and buoyant space inside of the relationship as well and then that healing space that playful healing space that children get so much out of can also be not just in the container of your office if you're a play therapist but that that can start to develop and grow and expand and evolve in the home environment as well all right that's playtime those are all the words that i'm gonna say about life as a game if you would like to support my work for as little as a dollar a month, head to patreon.com slash playtimepodcast or the support the show link in the show notes. Though it is offered for free and in the spirit of the gift, like all or at least most podcasts, head to barnetchildtherapy.com to see more of my work, including the child-centered children's book series, of which there are four titles, the most recent being I have a secret and yeah i'll catch you all next time